It is going to be exciting as we start this new series called You in Five Years. Hosanna is excited because she's like, ah, oh, I'm going to be 25 in five years. Is that right? Yeah? Okay. I'll have my own job. I'll have my own car. She's just excited. You in five years. See, this series is aimed for us to make choices that will help you to meet you, yourself, in five years. The, the, the choices that we have to make today, according to God's Word, based on His truth, and the changes that we need to bring in order for us to have the success that we expect to happen. This is going to be a five-week series, and today is week one. Today, I'm going to just give an introduction to the series. This is almost like one big message broken into five parts, and we're going to look at, I'm not even going to go into the main course today. This is not even an appetizer. This is just you pulling the chair and sitting down in a restaurant before you have your big meal. This, today is going to be just setting your hearts and putting you in a journey to understand why we got to change the way we are and make choices, important choices, that will transform our lives. Amen? And it's really, really important that we understand that. Imagine yourself. <clears throat> imagine yourself in five years. Okay? Like, right. Okay, now today I am 20. In five years, I will be 25. I don't know why you're all smiling. Yeah. And can you imagine yourself? Just take a moment. Go on this journey with me. Close your eyes, everybody. Online as well. Okay? If you're lying on a bed and with a pillow, don't close your eyes. Right. Just close your eyes and imagine yourself in five years. Now say, hi. You're saying hi to yourself. Hi, Amit. Hi, Ajay. Hi, Jackin. And what do you see? Let your imagination take you on a journey because in five years, you would have aspirations. In five years, you would have some dreams. In five years, you want certain things to happen in your life. Can you see yourself in that? Now wake up. And now you look at yourself today and think, are you, have you made choices in life that is taking you in the journey where you can meet you in five years? The question you got to ask yourself is that, have I made choices in my life that I, the, the Hannah that I want to see, the Amits that I want to see in five years, can I meet her, can I meet him because of the choices I'm making today? That's the question we need to ask. The problem is that most of us, we underestimate what we can do in long term and overestimate what we can do in short term. Let me say that again. Many of us, we underestimate what we can do in long term 
and we overestimate what we can do in short term. We overestimate that in short term, like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Because when you start a year, you're going to make resolutions that, okay, next three months, I'm going to do Zumba and I'm going to just like, oh, get better. I'm going to get to the gym and just watch me in three months. Just watch me in six months. Just watch me in like 12 months. And we overestimate what we can do in a short term. The problem is that we also underestimate what we can do in long term. Amen? Are you all with me so far? This generation, it wants a quick turnover. Everything has to be quick. Nobody, you know they say that um, 20 years back, 25 years back, an average person would stay in a job for at least 5 to 7 years. That's minimum. Maximum, they'll go up to 15 years in the same job, trying to do their bit every day, getting better, getting better, and getting promoted. That's why Indian Railways is successful. And today's generation, and right now, they say that an average person stays in one job from six months to a year and a half. That's the longest they can stay in one place and be committed and to see results. Because we live in a generation where everything has to be quick. Everything has, the culture is so much that quick turnovers. Today it's like 30K, nah, that's not enough for me. I can't start with 30K. I have too much expenses just for my bike. It's just, you know, 25 will go. Just for, my, for myself, you know, I can't, I can't deal with that. So then they change jobs quickly. They give up on marriage quickly. They give up on relationships quickly. They give up on God quickly. Because they underestimate what they can do in the long term. Let's not just think this year. Let us think five years. Do you want to think that with me? Let us pray for yourself and prepare yourself with God's word that I, in five years, how will I be in Christ Jesus? I always tell my team, even when we started our church in the first year, after the inauguration, the next day, I took my journal. You know what did I write? I wrote on the title, KCC's 10th anniversary. This is the first, after the first Sunday of launching the church. And I started writing things down that I felt that God was talking to me of how KCC would look on its 10th anniversary. We did not even have our first year anniversary. Why did I do that? Because I believe that whatever we invest every year is what is going to result in the 10th year. You can't sleep for nine years and wake up on the 10th year to have an amazing church. You can't just not preach the gospel for nine years and just imagine that on the 10th year, you will have thousands of people being baptized in your church. It's not going to happen. If we can baptize 100 people every year, I guess we will get to some thousand on the 10th year. 
But we underestimate that hundred. We underestimate the two you have. You underestimate the one valuable thing that God has given you that you don't want to put it to good use so that it will have its harvest in your life. You know, this morning, I want us to go to this passage, Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to 14. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to 14. The title of my sermon this morning is, The Life You Get Stuck With. If you don't make the right choices, if you don't bring about a difference in your life, the life you get stuck with will look like this. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to 14. It says, I'm reading from the message version. It's, 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 really, it's really interesting in the message version. It says, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations. First few words into the verse, I can see myself. Absorbed, exhausted. Anybody here? Yeah? And we all are exhausted taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off oblivious to God. That night is about to over, dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. That's the part I love. Be up and be awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute and we should not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence in sleeping around and dispensation in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter Don't linger, waiting until the very last minute. All the procrastinators said amen. Dress yourselves in Christ. Be up and about. Some of you are like, wow, I did not know that this was in the Bible. Thank God for Eugene Peterson who put it in a very simple term for us in the message version. Be up. Dress yourselves in Christ. Be up and about. The time is up. The time is up. The night is about to be over and dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. What is God doing in your life? Ask yourself this question. Don't worry about your wife or your children or your education or your family or your parents. Just it's, it's about you today. Think about you. Ask yourself this question. I'm going to ask myself this question. Sam, what is God doing in your life? What is it that God wants to do in your life? What plans? You think, do you think that God works, you know, like on, on a weekly plan? Or on a day-to-day plan where he pulls out his kind of, okay, what should I do with Hannah's life today? Let me write it down. What should I do with Prema's life today? Let me, what should I do with Jemmy's? Let me write. No, he, he is the God of ages. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. 
He knows your end from the beginning. He is the one who, you know, who actually looks at your life from your climax. Like He knows the end of our lives. He's at the very end. He knows our future. He knows everything that is about to happen in our lives. So let's not go to the end of our life. Let's just at least think, God, okay, the next five years, help me to make choices. Help me to stay awake. Help me not to loiter and linger because of my failures. Because of my, it's not even wrong choices. It's because we didn't make a choice. It's not about just wrong choices. When you don't make a choice, that in itself becomes wrong. Hello? Okay. I wrote down a couple of things, possibilities in five years. You can be fluent in a new language. Do you know that? You can be totally fluent in five years if you put little time every day, you can be completely fluent in a new language. You can actually become a professional musician in five years. In five years. It's not too late to become a drummer. Whoever that word is for, just receive it. In five years, before 40, you can be a drummer. <laughs> Number three. You can get a degree and have a new set of skills in five years. If you can just put little time consistently every year, every week, every day for next five years, you can finish a degree and you can have a new set of skills, not just education, skills that will help you with life. You can have that in five years. You can make some major financial plans and investments if you consistently plan well and save for the next five years. You can read 60 books in five years. 60 books in five years. That is if you read one book a month, six pages a day, which if it's an average book of 200 pages, if you read six pages a day, one book a month, 60 books in a year. I mean, that's just too good for me. 60 books in a year. It will change your life. You can radically transform your soul by growing close to God in the next five years. By reading God's word. If you read two chapters, two chapters a day, just two chapters, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. Two chapters a day for the next five years, you would have read the entire Bible three times. Yeah. Let that sink in. Online family. Now, I'm not going to ask you the question, how many of you have read the entire Bible? Pastor, ask me after 270 days. You can read the entire Bible if you just read two chapters a day. For next five years, you would have read the entire Bible three times. 
three times. Don't underestimate what you can do long term. You can flip this, the whole thing, and there are negatives also when you don't make choices for the next five years. You can be a train wreck easily in five years. You can end up in jail easily in five years. You can get addicted to a habit that you will end up in a rehabilitation center in five years. You want proof? Just read news from Hollywood. In five years, great people with creative abilities and skills have disappeared from the industry, disappeared from the screens, disappeared because of the choices they made just in a very short time. In fact, uh, in fact disaster can happen quicker. You can become a wreck quicker because we underestimate the wreck in what we can make in short term. I want you to note this down. The way you start is the way you settle with. Have you noticed that? How you start is what you settle with. A lot of habits and patterns that we have developed in our life is actually subconsciously registered because of the surrounding that we grew up in, the choices that was made around us, the choices that was made for us. You know, I, I, I don't know, many of you, young people, you would say, I would not be like that when I grow up. Yeah. I've said that too. And the more and more I grow up, I realize, like, man, I'm just like my dad. Man, I'm just like my mom. And many of you would say these things, but because you are subconsciously, you are aligned with the choices that has happened in your life, and you just decided to start your life and continue your life with that. And I'm not necessarily saying all the choices that your family made and your parents made his wrong choices, of course they would have made really, really good choices, but then where are we headed from there? If we want to go ahead, if we want to, you know, dream big dreams and everything that God wants to do in your life, we need to go further. We need to reach higher. We need to make choices that will enable us to get there. Amen? I want to give you three things from that passage that we read today, from Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to 14, where Paul talking about the time is up. What, he's mean, what does he mean by that is not just this, this everyday time that we are talking about. He's talking about a season. He's saying, darkness is over, the light is coming, it is time for you to wake up. In many of our lives, the season of depression the season of doubt, the season of shame and guilt, the season of your past oppression, the season of, you know, things that has not ha been happening but you're praying for and it's not happening and you are letting that situation pull you down. God is talking to all of us and He's saying that season is over. It's time to wake up. Amen. It's time to wake up. Number one is time is not in your control. Time is not in your control. Psalm 39.5 
From the Amplified Version, it says, Behold, you have made my days as short as hand widths, and my lifetime is as nothing in your sight. In God's sight, you can't go to God and say dialogues like, Do you know how long I've been coming to church? God will be like, Do you know how long I existed? Do you know how long I've been giving to you? Do you know how long I've been worshipping? Do you know how many years I've been praying for this? Please don't do that with God. Time is not in our control. He is a God of ages. In the beginning, He was there. And to Him we go and tell, you know how long I've been praying for? He's like, what, how long? From the beginning, He existed. He put us here. It is his gift. This life is his gift. Don't take, try to think that we have control over time. Surely every man is at his best is a mere breath, a wisp of smoke, a vapor that vanishes. Psalm 90, 12, it says, so teach us. I love what, the, what David says here. So teach us to number our days that we may cultivate and bring to you a heart of Wisdom. A heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may cultivate and bring to you a heart of wisdom. Aristotle said this, we should measure time in heart throbs. In heart throbs. That's how we need to measure time. Time is not going to change. It's not going to change things. Your choices will make change things. I've heard many people say, ah, just give it time. It'll get better. What do they mean by that? What they mean by that is eventually he will realize and hopefully they make a choice that will change their life. Time in itself is something that measures you. It doesn't change you. Time in itself is not something that transforms you. It just measures you. What changes you is the truth from the word of God. You can live for 10 years, 15 years, 35 years as a Christian and not apply God's word into your life every day. You'll just be the same. No matter how old you get, you probably become the worst version of yourself every year if you don't apply God's word. Time is not in your control. Second thing, future you will just be an exaggerated version of your current you. If you don't make choices based on God's word and decide to change your life and align yourself to wake up and say, one day I want to see what God wants to do in my life. If we don't make any of those choices today and if we are not serious about it, but you're still dreaming of a future you, I've got news for you. Are you ready? The news is that your future you will be just an exaggerated version of your current you. If you had six packs and you stopped working out for the next five years, then you will have a family pack. One pack. If you don't put things into place, 
If you don't make choices, whatever that you're doing now, it'll just look bigger, exaggerated in the next five years. Time will only reveal who you are. It will not change who you are. As time goes by, it will only reveal who you are, but it will not change who you are. The choices that you make in Christ Jesus. Watch me say that every time when I say that, the choices that you make. I'm not talking about self-help here. I'm not talking about 10 steps for success. I'm talking about choices that you make in Christ Jesus, which are choices above this kingdom, above the earth, above what is happening here on earth, above what the media is teaching you, above what others are giving you, above than your business, above than your company. The choices that you make according to God's word, you will rise above the standards of the world. That's the kind of choices we are called to make. Proverbs 11.27, it says, He who diligently seeks good, seeks favor and grace. If you are doing good, and if you keep doing good, you will just experience more exaggerated version of goodness in your life. If you carry bitter, bitterness, and you keep getting bitter and bitter and bitter for the next five years, you'll only reap more sadness, not mercy, not favor. If you decide not to heal, but just to hide the things that are you're hiding, it is not just going to heal because you gave it time. Time will not heal you. Confession and repentance and allowing the Holy Spirit to come into your life and heal you and set you free, that's what will change you. Amen? Is everybody with me so far? But he who seeks evil, evil will come to him. What are you seeking? Are you diligently seeking the works of God, the purposes of God, His favor, His mercy, His word, the work of the Holy Spirit, and every day waking up, dreaming, what does God want to do in my life today? What does He want to do through me today? The third thing is ongoing consistency is more important than short-term intensity. Now, this is the problem of our culture. This is the problem of today's society. Ongoing consistency is more important than short-term intensity. Everybody is after the intense hype feeling. Have you noticed that? You take any brand. You, take, you, you look into fashion. You look into Things that you are wearing today, five years back you were not wearing it. Hands down. Why? During when it came out, there was big intensity about it that you jumped on the wagon like everybody else. You just followed a pattern. But in terms of your life, in terms of long term, what has been your commitment? 
What has been your choice? It's always about the short-term hype, good feeling. If you're always going to go with that, you'll end up not feeling good. Especially young people, I want to talk to you this morning. If you're with us online, those who are here as well, please, that I wish there are certain things that I was taught when I was in my 20s. I wish I was working part-time when I was doing my UG. I would have been, what, 19, 20? Nobody taught us that because we were just happy because you had three meals on your table, your mobile phone is topped up, you have a Wi-Fi. I have everything. I thank God for Wi-Fi. That's all you need. That's all you think about. And, and you're, you feel that your life is settled. Crisis will come when your mobile screen cracks. And you live without your smartphone for, for like, like two hours. Oh my God. I don't know what will happen. All my friends are going to leave me. It is really sad. I'm, I'm sure our young people, relentless guys, are nothing like that. So don't, don't give me like eyes. Um, but it's, it's true. It's true. If you, watch, if you watch today's young people, they go like as if their world comes to an end when they don't have internet connection. Or, or you know, they're not able to plug into media or whatever. I wish I was working at that time. I wish I started saving up when I was 20 at least 2,000 rupees a month. And when I'm 30, I would have had enough money to put a deposit for my house, for my own house. You work the math. You go home and work the math. I would have had that much money if I had saved just 2,000 rupees consistently for 10 years. Nothing more, nothing less. For 10 years. Nobody taught me. Nobody told me. Make choices. See, we all pray for blessings in life and hoping that, that everything will come in a golden platter. But we are not willing to make choices and live sacrificially. Live sacrificially. We are only reactive. Our prayers are only reactive. Our prayers are not proactive. Our prayers are not proactive. We don't pray saying, God, I'm going to do something today that is going to bless me and my generation to come in the next 40 years. Have you ever prayed that prayer? If you have, you're a genius. Have you ever prayed and made decisions that, Lord, me and my son and my son's son should work for you and for your kingdom. So I'm going to make choices today. So Lord, bless me. That was a prayer of Caleb. It was not a reactive prayer. It's not like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Help me to pay my bills tomorrow. No. It was not reactive. If God wants to Enable you if you want to see your boundaries being expanded. Make choices with diligently with God's wisdom. 
If you don't like, write this down. If you don't like what you're getting, then change what you're doing. If you don't like the results of your life, if you don't like the results of what is happening around you, in you, within you, if you don't like what you're getting, then change what you're doing. You can't expect a coconut to fall from a mango tree. The problem is in our spiritual life, we stand under a mango tree, but we are praying for coconuts. And God is like, dude, you planted a mango tree, that's what you're going to get. God is a God of principles. He cannot change. You will sow and you will reap. If you sow laziness for the next five years, thou shalt reap no harvest. If you work hard, mercy and grace will follow somebody who is moving, not sleeping. Yes? Somebody who's moving. God's purpose, the Spirit of God will be moving with somebody who's ready to go for God. That's why we got to be a moving church. That is why we should be a going church. That is why we always have something happening in our church that we will never become complacent with what we have. That we will always be dissatisfied in reaching people far from God. That we will put ourselves in the most uncomfortable places with uncomfortable people. And I'm happy to be criticized. I'm happy to be judged by others. Because my purpose and the calling that God has placed over King City Church is to reach people far from God into new life in Christ. And nothing will stop us. We will keep on doing that. Regardless of what happens because that's what we are called to do that's what we are called to do if we are 25 people here today or if we are 50 people here today i see 50 church planters i see 50 kingdom people i see 50 people who can reach one person a year you would have reached five person in five years and multiply that with 50 you will see God, see, God is a God of multiplication. He works by that principle all through the Bible. The problem is that we started and then we complain that it did not happen, that you did not see results. Progress will come with longevity. Keep doing it. Don't give up. Amen? I hope it has blessed you this morning. Why don't we all stand to our feet? Three things we learn from Romans chapter 13, 11 to 14. Time is not in your control. Your future will be an exaggerated version of your current you if you don't make the right choices. And ongoing consistency is more important than short-term intensity. Let's keep on following Jesus. See, it says at the end of that verse, that passage, it says, don't loiter, don't linger, waiting until the very last minute. 
I think that's just a word for, for all of us. When it comes to reaching people, when it comes to working for the kingdom of God, don't waste, don't loiter, don't linger in your youth. When you have the strength, when you have the ability, when you have the energy, don't loiter and linger thinking, should I step in? Should I do this for God? Don't wait till last minute. I've heard people say, oh, you know what? I'm going to live my life now. But once I'm retired, I'm going to be all for God. And God is like, no thanks. Who's, who do you think God is? That God is depending on your retirement? That's not who He is. God is calling us today, right now, wherever we are. To follow Him, to walk in His purposes, and to fulfill and to fulfill His purpose through our life so that His name will be glorified. So what choices are we making?